Welcome one, welcome all to the Snail Trail 4x4 podcast. If you like going off-roading in Toyotas, wrenching on Toyotas, camping in Toyotas, and maybe even poking a little bit of fun at Toyotas, and of course, hearing about how fantastic suspensions are in Toyotas, then this is the podcast for you. That's right, ladies and germs, my name is Tyler, and joining me on another episode, once again, is the one and only Mr. Hot Chocolate himself. How are you doing, Mr. Hot? I'm good. I'm very well. Thank you. <laughs> uh-huh. How are you? I'm doing good. Glad I'm better now that I've got some food in me. Yeah, yeah. We just yeah. ate some wonderful Mexican food. Uh, can we take a nap now? Yeah, right? <laughs> Those nachos are so good. Yeah. I had a donkey dong. Or yeah, two, you a did. A couple of them. You did have mm-hmm. some donkey dongs in your mouth. Yeah, they were, they're like brown sugary. They're super sweet dongs. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> I was they do not have a little, little bit of a fire after kick. You made fun of me. Well, you were almost crying. I was in tears a little bit. <laughs> I was like, seriously? <laughs> I don't know what it was. The first one I had there, that, that had a kick to it. The second one didn't really have a kick at all. So I don't know if I just... You just got the hot, the one hot one the in the one batch, hot one in the bed, in the whole jar. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't think there's a little bit of spice on the back end for me, but it's they're mm-hmm. definitely not hot. But they're yeah. super sweet. They're really they're like that's like dessert. Yeah, like it's not. It's just not, have a bowl of that for yeah, dessert, please. Exactly. Yuck. Oh man. Anyways, so enough donkey dongs. If you guys want to know what we're talking about, uh, you'll have to go back one, two episodes. I think is where we talked about last Thursday. Uh, I don't remember. We time traveled. We did them yeah. in reverse. So I'm, I'm out <laughs> of order. <laughs> Might've been on Monday's episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you can go back and figure out uh, what we're talking about there. If you guys want to, um, this is a Thursday episode. Yes, it is. Sweet. I'm glad I got one right for once. There you go. Do you know <laughs> what number it is? Mm, Two seventy seven. So no, close. Six. six. No, wait, what? Five. No, 377. There you go. Like a whole hundred off. Oh my God. Uh, It's one of those weeks. Um, Yeah, man. So 377. Yeah. We're uh, rolling right along. Keeping this uh, freight train rolling here for everybody. Pumping out free content. So that's always kind of been a a thing that Jimmy and I wanted to make sure that we did was we keep all the content free uh, and not have like exclusive content kind of thing. So, um, yeah, instead we do some other fun things that we do. Yeah. So we offer some other benefits for people that want to support the show and for everybody that does. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it really goes a long way to keeping us interested in, in sitting down and hitting that big red button over there on the, on the board. So on the Christmas tree, <laughs> yeah, on the Christmas tree. Yeah. We do have some, uh, hidden, what do you want to call it? content in, in a way? I mean, we have the list or the yeah, snail squad forum on Facebook. That's if you're true. not a member, then you're not mm-hmm. in that. You're that you're not able to get in. And then the stuff on irate, mm-hmm. we have a few forums over there that mm-hmm. you have to be a, a snail squad member. That is true. That. Yeah. The treasure hunt tokens to get them six months in advance. You got to be a member. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. A little bit, but the content that we create mm-hmm. for the most part is all available and free. Yeah. So, um, in order to help kind of keep us interested, we do fun things like giveaways that we do each month. If you guys are new, just, just now picking up the podcast, 377 in, you're like 377. That seems like a good show to start on <laughs> a good number. <laughs> uh, if you're just starting out, we do monthly giveaways. 
And so we're all, oh, we are actually through February here. Finished February. We have finished February. So if you're listening to this, um, then you no longer have time to get in for February. No, you do not. <laughs> you are done so. But so February's giveaway, which was a really cool kind of gift package from Coastal Lighting, uh, Walter, abrasives. Uh, there's a bunch of T-Rex tape in there as well. Some, some other, some fun tape options. Um, from Lawless Corey. So yeah, we will get around to pulling that winner probably next Thursday. Yep. That sounds about right. Yep. We should have everything in from Patreon by then. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to get in for this month's March's giveaway, um, just go over to irate4x4.com and uh, you can sign up under the snail trail 4x4 forum there. So yeah, we have two items for that are up for grabs in a way that for March's giveaway. Yeah. We're waiting. We've been waiting for one company to get back to us and tell us that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to wait till next Thursday. We should hear back from them again. We we send them another follow-up email. Mm-hmm. So we'll announce what February's giveaway item March. is. Sorry. Thank you. March's giveaway <laughs> item is next week, Yep, a week from today. We have a fallback plan mm-hmm. and we just aren't, we don't want to announce anything quite yet. Yep. So we do have a couple of uh, uh, really cool ideas. Um, we're just waiting to see if our preferred one comes through or not in time. So uh, we'll leave it at that for now. And we'll save that teaser announcement for next Thursday, shall we? Yeah, I like cool. it. I have something I want to talk about early on. So because I need listeners suggestions. Okay. Is that okay? Can I jump in here? Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. So I'm considering with snail armor to do sort of a buyback or a voluntary get back of the plastic panels that they're replacing there with the aluminum panels. Oh, the wavy, the wavy plastic ones that come from the factory. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. There's something wrong with me. (laughs) There's a lot of things wrong with you. (laughs) I don't like to waste. Uh-huh. It, it bothered wasting bothers me. Uh-huh. And building something that replaces something that then they most people discard. Yeah. is I feel is bad in my yeah. mind. I don't like it too much. Okay. So I'm considering doing this buyback, okay. you know, or give a discount or maybe turn it into some sort of voluntary thing. Mm-hmm. My problem is I don't know what to do with the panels <laughs> once I get them. Yeah. <laughs> And so that's I, the only thing I have in my head is to make raised beds out of them. Raised beds. Like, yeah. Like for, like for in planting. A no, oh, for planters. Planters. Okay. Yeah. Like a raised bed planter. Yeah. That and use them sense. as the walls. Mm-hmm. But if anybody else out there has an idea of what to do with these plastic panels mm-hmm. that I could voluntarily build something and give them away for free or I, you know, I'm not planning on making money with it. Yeah. I want to just use up what I'm created of garbage out of, you know, (laughs) to some extent. Yeah. In my mind, it doesn't have to be the entire full panel. Like maybe they're cut up into fours and you use them to make something else or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe because they do sort of, you know, go up and down and up and down. Maybe the rises would be great to turn into something structural. I don't know. You know, uh, this is what I'm lacking. And this is really what I'm, I'm using crowdsourcing right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you out there have an idea of what I could use a panel for or a bunch of panels. Cause you know, I, if I'm figuring I could get at least a hundred of these back a year. Uh-huh. So if I have a hundred of them, yeah, what could I do with it? Yeah. You know, can I 
break them up into quarters? Can I, you know, do I use them full or, hmm. you know, what can I do? So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just an idea that I've had. I don't know how to quite what the final product would be. Yeah. Are they, are they not recyclable? Like are they the I, wrong plastic's material? Plastic's not really for... the easiest thing to recycle. Okay. Um, I'm sure they are, but I don't even know if you could just take them to a normal recycle place. Yeah. You're like, Hey, you know, like you give me 10 cents for a plastic bottle. How much for this thing? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So I, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure it's going to be possible. Mm -hmm. I would like to, my long-term goal is to have something that I make with the plastic panels and give an option for them to buy a label to return it because they feel good that this, their item that they're donating back to me gets turned into Something raised reused, beds that yeah. are used in, you know, urban areas to help mm-hmm. people grow food or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what that item is yet. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm on board. I'll have to wrap my head around that for a while. I don't, I don't know of anything either. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm, I haven't thought of any, I've been yeah. thinking about it for a little while. And like I said, raised planter boxes mm-hmm. or raised beds are the, really the only thing that I came up with. Yeah. And I don't, I don't like it enough to think that that's a good answer. I think uh-huh. there's something better out there and I would, I, somebody out there has the answer. Yeah. So, yeah. That's one of the benefits of running a podcast. We kind of get to run ideas by people and kind of hear some of the the feedback and ideas that come out from all the, the really smarter people out there. Than us. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if, so if you have an idea, any mm-hmm. idea, don't shun away because maybe it, you saying something that might not be the best idea might spark an idea in my head Mm -hmm. to make me think of something else. Mm -hmm. So feel free to write me on Instagram, snail trail four by four. You can shoot me an email, Jimmy at snail trail four by four.com. Sweet. I like it. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, bringing the ideas to the table, right? Bring the people together and, uh, see what comes out of it all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like it, man. Um, yeah. Thanks. All right. I'm done. Okay. I am too. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) End of show. Um, no. So yeah, we got, let's see, we did that. Uh, we don't have any voicemails. Okay. We could read a couple of reviews, but I didn't prep them and get them ready. So do do you want to ad lib? (laughs) No, I'll just leave a break. Okay. Cue the elevator music. All right. Welcome back everybody. Um, so we pulled up the reviews here. We're at 472. Yeah, we're getting closer to the 500 here. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. This is getting exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Once we hit 500 reviews, we are doing a drawing for a winch. Another one of those fun things that, that Jimmy and I like to do because you guys support us. So we have a winch. It's a 9,000 pound winch from Rough Country. And once we reach 500 reviews, we'll do a drawing and all 500 of those reviews are going to be eligible to possibly win. Yeah. If you're at 501, not eligible. You're out. Done. But you might be in for whatever we come up with next. (laughs) We'll have to get drunk again and throw random stuff out and see what sticks. Yeah, I know. Like like we did last time. Is that how we did it? I was trying to remember. It's been Mm -hmm. almost, was it two years? A year and a half? It was, I want to say the same episode where we started coining the term ear holes and eye holes, the drunk, okay. the drunk episode. I'm not the, I'm not the King of the Hammers drunk episode. No, not that the, one. Not the shit show one. Another drunk episode. <laughs> yeah. It was a different one. Okay. Um, I think it was then when we, when we said it and I, I totally just said it like joking around 
And somebody was like, that's a great idea. You should totally. I was like, oh man, I lost a winch. (laughs) I lost a winch now. No, it's good though. So except that I now could use a new winch. My winch is starting to bog down. Well, that and you just got a trailer. <laughs> that is true. I and just you got a trailer put a winch too. on a trailer. Mm-hmm. I'll probably end up using taking the winch off of the forerunner and putting it on the trailer and then getting a new winch for the forerunner. Cool. Let's see. So we have 472. Once we're at 501, you are no longer eligible for the winch giveaway. So make sure you get those reviews in over at iTunes or as it's called now, Apple podcasts. Oh yeah. Keep forgetting it's not called iTunes anymore. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't care. Right. I don't either. Um, but so, that's where you need to put your review in to mm-hmm. be eligible for winning the winch. Yep. And if you can find ways to do multiple reviews, more power to you. That's all we need. The main thing the, for us is that we're just trying to crowdsource reviews because a part of the, a large part of the algorithm for podcasting and how you get served to people is from the reviews on the podcast as well goes into it. So more reviews, more better. Yep, exactly. So this is a way of bribing everybody to get us more reviews so that we're more better. Yeah, I guess (laughs) I was, I was going to argue that we're not necessarily bribing them. Uh It's kind of voluntary. If you want to get in to win a winch, you can. That's true. It's not like our other friendly podcast, our sister podcast. Oh, that's like you have to leave a review. If if you leave a five-star review, we'll uh, give you a sticker. (laughs) That is true. We are not doing that. (laughs) So yeah, we're not buying reviews. For all we care, you could leave us a (laughs) one-star. Yeah, You just need to leave a review. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. But if you leave us a five-star, we'd appreciate that a little bit more. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) I kind of like reading the one-star reviews. They're fun. Anyway, so talking about reading some reviews here, we have one from, oh God, what? Thank you. Oh God. I'm, <laughs> it says it's the name is I not a pound. I'm a free man. Oh God. And the pound is a hashtag. a hashtag. Yeah. I'm not a hashtag. I'm a free man. That's what it says. I'm trying to figure out if there's a joke, joke there, there I don't or know. something. I don't know. Pun. But hashtag free man. There you go. Uh, is that a thing? I just made it up. Okay. (laughs) It says best Toyota off-road podcast. Their name is Ty hashtag slew bogger. This person's very confusing. Yeah. Did you leave this one just to watch me struggle through this? (laughs) No, but that's smart. I should have done that. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, Next one here is from Moe's destiny 20. Thanks, Mose. Says the best, the best off-road podcast with a bunch of exclamation points. Nice. Just kidding. It's just two exclamation uh, points. So not quite as good as Made Man's. I think he had like five exclamation points. Did he? I think so. Okay. That guy asked me the other day if I'm mm-hmm. ever going to make a t-shirt. Oh, <laughs> the reviews? <laughs> Out of his review? Yeah. Or, yeah. Maybe. We could always just make up the design real quick, throw it on there. Yep. I still think we need to make some of the one-liners from the shit show. Oh, gosh. T-shirts. Yes, we do. <laughs> And then we could sell the the hot dogs at backdoor one and a, <laughs> so good. And a hammers next year. The only thing better than chocolate thunder are hot dogs at backdoor. <laughs> I got into podcasting oh for the chicks, but all I got was Jimmy. <laughs> There's a lot. I need to go back there and, and re-listen to that episode again. Oh, anyways, um, where you were can, we? I don't know, but you need to put some tread in the dirt. I need to put some tread in the dirt or yeah, swing dead swing cats. some cats across the yard. Roll some dice in the yard. <laughs> I heard one the other uh, day and I was like, is that a thing that everybody turned to me? I was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, never heard okay. that one. Okay. <laughs> nice. 
It's like your Confucius says things. Yeah. <laughs> Those are always fun too. Yeah. All uh, right. Continuing all on. Right. This one's from Thanks. That's what it is. Gebergdiff. A bunch of H's afterwards. It says, great listen, five stars. Love listening to you guys at work up here in Humboldt County. Wish I had the wheeling options you guys have in NorCal. That's seven hours south of me in NorCal. Instagram is at smiling underscore Sierra. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That's like uh, trying to live in Humboldt and go wheeling down here at our plate areas is like us trying to go wheeling down at Hammers. Right. So Yeah. How long yeah. did it take you to drive down there? Uh, nine and a half hours with stops and everything. Right. So, and, yeah. and that's still in the same state. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it's only half of the state. Right. There's another apparently seven hours north of us. I think I calculated it once. I've never actually done it, but I think if you like went from San Diego to Humboldt mm-hmm. or like Wairika or something mm-hmm. up straight up five, it would take fourteen hours. With no stops, I would guess. Yeah, something close. 14 hours. I was thinking like 16 to 18 hours. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Are you, are you towing or are you? No, oh. just driving. You're, you're driving Charlotte? And so you're doing like 85? N- well, <laughs> I don't. I didn't. I was like, okay, if it takes me 10 hours, 8 to 10 hours to get to San Diego, mm-hmm. and it takes me 7 hours to get to yeah. Humboldt, Mm-hmm. Then, you know, we're looking at what? 16, 16 hours, 15 to 17. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> That's crazy. 17 hours. You never leave the state. Right. Yeah. Only Texas or Alaska. You could do that. Either. Yeah. I wonder if you could get from like, well, on the Fran- East coast, like, you drive across like 10 States. Yeah. You know? Well, I was thinking like in Europe, like if you oh. start in like Spain or Portugal, do you think you could get to uh, Europe, uh, Russia before 17 hours. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. distance wise, yes, I would say yes, but mm-hmm. driving is, Oh, cause traffic because traffic. Mm-hmm. And because it's just different over there, they don't necessarily, they do have freeways, but then they have freeways go straight into towns. Oh. And so it kind of slows down. Yeah. You know, it's not, I mean, if you went from like Amsterdam and Holland down to Italy, you'd be on the Audubon and you could mm-hmm. do it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't know. Who's our European listeners? They can tell us. Yeah. Where's our <laughs> Estonian buddy? Yeah. He could tell us. He could. If you drove 17 hours towards Spain, how long would it take? How yeah. far would you get? How far would you get? He's going to be like, I had to get out into the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I'm halfway across the Pacific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the Atlantic, excuse me. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So next one is from Advanced Overland. Hey, Advanced. Thanks. Says these guys. Us guys. These guys. Yeah, us. Us guys. Us guys. These guys. We are these guys. Oh, uh, oh sure. We're okay. us guys. Uh, us guys. I've been listening to Jimmy, Jet, and Tyler since the days of High Sierra 4x4. Wow. Hey, wow. Informative and completely Toyota biased, but we all have our issues. True. True. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I really enjoy the guest they the guests they interview. Give these guys a listen. Thanks. Yeah. That's, a good That's one. awesome. I like it. So another listener back from the High Sierra 4x4 days. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully. Four, four years ago, five, almost coming up. Four. Past four. Yeah. Yeah. Barely. Are we past four? Well, didn't we do it last November or October is when uh, we started when there? When we started at High Sierra, yeah. Okay. That's fair. 
Because we were like, there for like six months, right? Yeah, about six, six and a half. Man. Yeah. So uh, hopefully Advanced Overland, hopefully enjoyed the episode with Greg. We just did. Yeah. Um, he was fun. Fun to get back on a microphone and get in a studio here. Catch up with him. See what he's been up to. Yeah, just let him talk for a while. Yeah, pretty much. We probably could have just left. Well, he Put said he could re- talk to a wall. I think he proved it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could just put a recording in, in the background of us going, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> totally. Uh, yep. Oh, man. Greg, we love you. So, yeah, that's uh, do it for reviews for today. Cool. Thanks, uh, everybody, for leaving those reviews. Yeah. Just a simple reminder again, if you get in before that 500th review, we will be, you will be eligible for the giveaway for a winch. Mm-hmm. So, get in there and leave that review. I like it. So, let's see, what else do we got? Do we got any other updates before getting into our shenanigans from the weekend, the week here? The only other update that I have is that I am fully registered for Cruise Moab and Rubathon. Ooh, you're way ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, ooh, thank you. Thank you. Oops. You better get on that. Yeah, I do. I'm registered for vendor for Cruise Moab. Yep. I have not registered for driver yet, so I need to get in and do that. And then I have not registered for uh, Rubathon yet um, just because... I'm going to be helping lead the forerunner mini truck run again. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, they're the, the way that they're working the trail committee this year is you only get committee registration once you reach so many number of people in your group that you're leading oh. in. And so every, so you need to wait for more people to sign up for the forerunner mini truck run before you can sign up. Exactly. Okay. So, yeah, but, uh, it was funny. Um, <laughs> well, I just signed yeah. up for that today. So, Oh, cool. So yeah. that's one more. Yeah. That so you're one up to one. Yeah. Um, no, so we need to get, uh, I think s- minimum of six people signed up before I can uh, register Got as it. trail committee. Okay. So I'm waiting on that one. So people go get signed up. Yeah. Looking at you, Mike Smith. Exactly. That's and who Kevin I was Poole. thinking. Of. <laughs> yeah. If you guys want to run mm-hmm. that run with us, mm-hmm. go there and sign up for that four runner mini truck run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great run. We you start at Loon Lake. We drive mm-hmm. all the way to the springs in one day. Mm-hmm. And the benefit of that is most of them stop two days. Mm-hmm. And so we have a full day at the springs, full day to relax, go swimming in the creek, go out on a hike, just sit back in a hammock and have a few drinks, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful day to relax. It's the next day, mm-hmm. everybody starts rolling into the springs and then the shenanigans start all the happening. activities start, yeah. And it's just another wild day, mm-hmm. but it's really nice just to do a solid day of wheeling and then have a good day where you're just relaxed. Yep. And usually we get a pretty decent, uh, crew. Yeah. The, the crew is a lot of fun, but the vehicles are also built too. So we don't have too many issues yeah, um, getting all the way to the Springs in one day. Yeah. There's some so. requirements on mm-hmm. this run and I don't not exactly remember what it is, but I think it's at least 35s. Locked. I don't know. We should I think have it was thirty fives and locked front and rear, and then all the normal stuff like rated recovery point safety equipment. So yeah, yeah. Maybe we should get Scott to come on. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. Get him to come on and talk about the running and and uh, build it up. But that's yeah. coming up. Uh, fuck. That's no a- April eighteen is Cruise Moab. Yes. So this one is uh, late July. Yeah, it's somewhere like that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Rubathon is late July, I believe. So. We'll get the dates for you guys. We'll have a uh, Murphy look it up and let us know here. Uh, what else? What else? My, the Any price other? for me 
was about half the price of cruise Moab. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And that doesn't involve, that was me as cruise Moab as a participant, not the amount of money that I paid as a vendor already. Uh, I don't have the dates for Rubathon on my calendar. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Moab is just getting, Moab's getting stupid expensive to just the whole economy of Moab. It's such a destination spot with all the, the national parks right around there. Um, and all of the, uh, vehicular recreation, um, the hiking, backpacking, camping, dispersed camping. Um, there's a lot of recreation rock climbing goes on a lot out there. So because it's such a destination, Moab's getting really, really expensive. But yeah, um, I think that's good for updates. That's kind of the, some of the stuff that uh, we're planning on being out at this year. We're also looking into going to Overland Expo West in Arizona, possibly. Oh, um, nice. As uh, just kind of hanging out, networking. Um, we're not going to be getting a booth with more fleet. Um, and I don't think I'm going to get a booth for uh, P&W either. But I'm plan- I'm debating on going out to that one as well. Oh, no booth kind of hanging out. Yeah. Networking. So, um, yeah, the booth was, the booth was, uh, it was good at both of them, but I, I, I'd had a big mistake of, uh, trying to run my wheeling trips along with, uh, off-road events last year Sure, and Mm -hmm. burn myself out. And so I don't want to do that again this year and I don't have somebody to do events for us. (laughs) So, um, yeah, yeah, it'll just be going up to relax and hang out and do more networking rather than, um, setting up a booth and being tied to the booth the whole time. Right. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Brian got back to me. Oh, cool. He actually, he must be like listening in more than he normally does. I don't know, but he got (laughs) us this new studio here. We can kind of like throw peanuts at him this time. That's true. He's close enough to almost hit. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's always listening to us, though. No, true. He just kind of looked at us like we were confusing him. <laughs> it's not hard to do. <laughs> Dates uh, for Rubathon are mm-hmm. June 21st through the 25th. June 21 through 25. Okay. Yeah. Not earlier. July. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's awesome. I think that'll work out really well. Um, what about Marlin Crawler Roundup? MCR? I don't know. Brian? Brian? <laughs> Cause, uh, I, uh, I'd really like to try and make MCR happen this year and I hope that it will happen. Like in the past years, it's been canceled, you know, twice, two years in a row here. Yeah. Um, because it's so late in the season and because of fires, because of fires. Right. So So they were talking about moving it forward. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. I'm not sure what they're going to do yet. All right. Yeah, we'll keep an eye open for uh, the Marlin Crawler Roundup and see kind of what's going on there um, and let you guys know, get you an update there. Yeah, I don't know what else. Any other fun events going on this year that we're planning on looking at? Or I think that's, most, um, I think that that's pretty it much it. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be out doing some RTF stuff and mm-hmm. you know, we'll be out on the trails helping out one way or another, volunteering our times and mm-hmm. you know, doing some of these events. But I, I can't think of any offhand that we're going to be out at. Cool. All right. Well, let's get over into kind of what we've been up to then, shall we? Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. I know that you had a fun snowy weekend. I did. I was in the thick of it. Yeah. Where were you? Yeah. We as a family went up to McLeod, California. Where isn't that up near Shasta area or it's off of highway 89, 89. That's up trucky. Truckee starts, I mean, 89 starts kind of in Truckee and then it goes up north from there, right? And then curves over towards Shasta. 
and hits Highway 5. Oh, I didn't know it curved all the way over and hit 5. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it just before you get to Shasta City, mm-hmm. you turn off on Highway 89 and you mm-hmm. go maybe five minutes-ish down Highway 89. Mm-hmm. And right off of Highway 89 is McLeod, California. Okay. So we were there. Um, the assistant's step-grandfather passed away. Mm-hmm. And so we went up there for a funeral. And gotcha. And the service was fine. It was mm-hmm. it was a great service. It was on Saturday, and we the assistant took Monday off of work, and mm-hmm. the plan was to stay Sunday and Monday, and sort of just relax. Oh, nice. And then we looked at the weather. <laughs> yeah, how'd that go for you guys? <laughs> it was fantastic, actually. It was a lot of fun. It snowed pretty good the on like Thursday and Friday, uh-huh. but Saturday driving up there, we had no problems. We drove, woke up in the morning, headed out, like left at, I don't know, eight, eight 30 ish, headed up the mountain, uh, got there and, you know, good time and hung out. Uh-huh. It was just cold, but it was fine all around Saturday woke up. So went, you guys were camping or so what were you rooftop tent in it? What no, were you doing? So for, we for were supposed to stay at grandpa's house. Okay. Up there in McLeod. But uh, one of the family members got there before us uh-huh. and reported that the house is really cold and they turned on the heater and the heater's not working. Oh no. It's 36 <laughs> degrees in the house. Oh, wow. Okay. And so they <laughs> assumed or they guessed that the um, propane was out of, there was no more propane. Okay. Which would make sense. And <laughs> uh-huh. so they said that they turned on, I guess it was an electric oven and electric range. Okay. And so they turned those on to try to start warming to the house up. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. And then they found out that the plumbing lines were frozen. Oh. So they didn't have water or couldn't yeah. go to the bathroom. Wow. And then they went, they left and went to another family member's house Okay, that lives in that area. Now I know we're getting extreme weather right now. Like the snow level is down like around a thousand feet, if not lower yeah. in some areas. Mm-hmm. Um, San Francisco and the Bay area is getting snow right now. Yeah. And Los Angeles County is getting snow right now. That's how kind of crazy the snow, the weather is right now on the West coast. Was this house in an area where it normally snows during the winter? It does normally snow, but it does not normally snow this much. Okay. So it's never this. Like it also, they said it snows like 15 days a year. Okay. Right. And maybe a few inches on the ground. So just wasn't quite enough insulation around the water piping. I don't, I think since the propane was gone and Uh, it was 36 degrees in the house, the house wasn't everything to cool down. Yeah. That, and the pipes are, and it's a modular home, so it's mm-hmm. not the best insulated. Yeah. So the pipes are just closer to the outside than the inside. I don't, you know, yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but yeah, okay. so the piping froze. Wow. I mean, I think if you had the heater on, there wouldn't have been an issue. Right? Okay. That and makes if sense. If you kept yeah. the heat at like 50 degrees or something, yeah, the pipes would have never froze. Uh, that's fair. Especially in a modular home because everything's right there with the home. Nothing's really like in a, it's, it's, I mean, it's under, under the home, but uh Yeah. Under the home, but elevated. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's sure. not so insulated yeah. by the ground. Yeah. So okay. it, they, uh, that's where we were supposed to stay. Mm-hmm. So we heard about that last night or the night before. And so we still packed up our air mattresses, our comforters, our <laughs> like sleeping attire, sleeping bags, you know, everything that we'd use to 
And oh, and there's no furniture or anything in the house. The house has been completely stripped clean. Okay. So there's no like so we brought camping chairs uh-huh. and you know, all this stuff to like sort of turn a house into like a living situation. Mm-hmm. And then when on the drive up we heard that their water was there's no water, yeah. the plumbing's bad, you know, it's still super cold. The heat never came on. So the assistant rented an Airbnb. Oh, on the way up. On the way up. <laughs> yeah. And it was it wasn't that bad. It mm-hmm. went for two nights, four hundred bucks. That's not for bad. Three beds for that little notice as well. Right. Yeah, that's not bad. So we had her stepdad, who's the the son of the the dad who passed. Right? Okay. And then his fiance, the assistant, and I, and the mini assistant all crashed at the Airbnb. Nice. Yeah, that sounds fun. Then, so you were was, there two nights. You said. Yeah, we were there two okay. nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, we stayed Saturday night and Sunday night, and left Sunday morning. Okay. So the funeral and hanging out with family and everything happened on Saturday and most everybody got scared of the storm coming in Mm -hmm. and left either Saturday night Mm -hmm. or very early Sunday morning. Gotcha. And we're like, we're staying. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) We're not going anywhere. Uh And Saturday it started snowing. It didn't, it snowed pretty good. Maybe they got a foot all day. Okay. Like it's, it over was the a, course of the day. That's, yeah. Over okay. the course of a day, it snowed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It, like it was steady, but it wasn't uh, steady until about two o'clock. Okay. And two o'clock it stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went sledding mm-hmm. and we went to the, we went like across from uh, some family member's house and we went sledding down this little hill and there were some guys in an inner tube over there sledding and Enter tubes just absorb the bumps so much yeah. better than the discs do. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> and so we were just crashing and burning and ruining their sledding hill. Oh, geez. Because they could float over the powder. Uh-huh. But then when we would crash, like our body parts would fall into the powder and make dents and holes. Uh, and, you, know. you were on the discs and they were on inner tubes. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. And so we're kind of <laughs> like, okay, this isn't working. I, mm-hmm. And then um, somebody's like, we should go to Snowman Hill. Like, okay, I've never heard of it. Sure. If you're in that area, you might know of it. Uh But it was back up 89 towards Shasta. There's like a ski park up in that area. Okay. And the ski park's to the right, but we turned to the left. And then there's this just big hill (laughs) over there that I guess everybody goes there to sled. Uh And when we got there, there was nobody there. Uh And we like start walking down and there's just sledding lines everywhere. It's like this sledding metropolis of (laughs) like routes. Uh And the mini assistants like, I want to go to the top. Uh I'm like, okay, (laughs) let's do it. Uh And it, I don't know. It was a few, maybe a hundred feet up or so. I don't know. It was like elevation, elevation wise and maybe 200 yards. Okay. Uh, That's a decent, it was a good little hike Mm -hmm. and nobody has been there like all day. Mm -hmm. There's just a foot of powder everywhere. Uh Uh And this was, well, here we were actually, we went up at like a thousand feet of elevation to get to this spot. So there's probably a little bit more powder. Mm -hmm. And so I hike, I lead the track and the trail and this assistant and mini assistant are behind me. We get halfway up there and the mini assistant's like, I'm tired. <laughs> Carry me. I'm like, hell no. no I don't <laughs> if so. you want to get to the top, if you mm-hmm. want to go down from the top, you got to hike to the top. Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay. And then like, and then halfway from there, she got tired again. And then halfway from there, she got tired again. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. And eventually I'm like, it's only like 10 more feet. Like yeah. we're just going to that tree and then we're going to stop. Yeah. 
So we get up to the tree and then I'm like, okay, I weigh the most. I'm just going to plow <laughs> okay. all the powder out of the way and down. Mm -hmm. And I'm going like one mile an hour. Right. And I'm yeah. like swimming, pushing powder out from, or, you know, to clear this, path, and this is a, like, a, you could visibly see that this is a run. Like okay. people have done this. It's not like I'm making my own, uh -huh. like I'm in the ruts, uh -huh. like I'm in the toboggan run of what people have done. There's just so much powder in there. I, I can't pick up any speed. Yeah. Right. So I'm pushing powder out of the way. I'm, I am moving gravity is pushing me down the hill, uh -huh. but I'm literally having to swim and, and kind okay. of move the powder <laughs> so that I can continue to go down. Okay. Then the mini assistant went mm -hmm. and she flew. <laughs> she went so freaking fast. Cause I moved all the powder out of the way uh -huh. and, and compacted stuff. Mm -hmm. And she got like a third of the way down the hill and then just wiped out. <laughs> yeah. She didn't bail out. She uh, wiped out. No, she like crashed. Okay. Yeah. She's great. As long as she doesn't do a slow spin. Because as soon as she, she doesn't understand that you need to change your weight movement. Mm -hmm. She just stays in one spot. And then if she gets backwards in a slow spin an edge catches uh, and then she just <laughs> wipes her. out. Okay. <laughs> Where if she's doing a fast spin, it doesn't really matter. Cause then you, you just, uh, she's like a gyroscope. At yeah, that point. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So she crashed. She started complaining. Then the assistant went down and the assistant crashed right where the mini assistant crashed. <laughs> I started hiking back up at that point. The mini assistant crashed again, almost right where I was. And then the assistant went down and she went all the way. She made it all mm -hmm. the way, the rest of two thirds of the way down the mountain from mm -hmm. there. And she's like, that was awesome. I'm not hiking back up. I'm <laughs> done. Like, okay. <laughs> so then the mini assistant and I went down from there, went all the way down. And then the mini assistant's like, I want to go again. We're like, okay. So we start hiking up and she's like, I'm tired. I'm like, <laughs> all right, let's go halfway. Up. Yeah. So we went halfway up and we did the net run down again. And she's like, I'm still tired. I'm like, all right, let's, let's go back. Let's leave. Yep. So we left at that point. We went back to the Airbnb. We built a, a snowman out in the like courtyard. Mm -hmm. It was just covered in snow. The snowman turned into a snow princess. Okay. That turned into getting a boob job. <laughs> getting a bigger butt, building a dress. Did a Brazilian lift? Yeah. Okay. Did, built a tiara, built, like, put braids, hair and braids on her, and then, you know, gathered some sticks and twigs and stuff and made facial features and uh -huh. arms. And then the assistant and I went inside to warm up and the mini assistant stayed out there. And then the mini assistant made the snow princess's baby okay. and then built this little snow girl uh, mm -hmm. like next to it. And so that was fun. So we watched that and then we all went out to dinner, uh, got the family together, whoever is left in town, mm -hmm. went out to dinner at, at the meat market, which for those that don't know, the assistant is vegetarian. So the question was, <laughs> we're going to a meat market. Are there vegetarian options? And mm -hmm. they guaranteed us there was, and actually there was a lot of vegetarian options because oh, interesting. it was like, here's your pasta dish. What meat do you want to put on it? Okay. Right. And she's so like, you I don't want any of the meat. Yeah, none of them. <laughs> you know, here's a salad option. What meat do you want to put on it? Got right? it. So okay. there was a lot of vegetarian options. I ended up getting, I did my normal. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that is? No. Oh, you do. I'm going to tell you and you're going to know. Okay. Surprise me. Peanut butter and honey? No. <laughs> Surprise me. <laughs> Usually a lot oh, of surprise. I got you. Okay. Right? <laughs> so a lot of times when I go out to eat somewhere, mm -hmm. I tell the server, surprise me. I just let yep. them choose. And mm -hmm. I either get their the favorite item, uh -huh. the most common item ordered or the most expensive item yep. on the menu. Yeah. 
And so this time I ended up getting a special and mm-hmm. it was a sea bass. Okay. And it was, it was really good. Mm. Was, and he, uh, put bacon and some brown rice and like risotto underneath and the sea bass on top and some like fruit on top of that. It was, mm-hmm. it was really tasty. Nice. Fantastic restaurant. If you're ever in McLeod, California, mm-hmm. go check out the meat market. It was outstanding. It's also the only restaurant that I think I can tell you that in a long, long time that I've been in, that there was not another soul in there, nor did another person go in while we were sitting there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We were the only people in the restaurant. There was a party of like 10 of us. Uh-huh. Nobody else in the restaurant. Nobody else even came in the huh. restaurant while we were there. I don't know if that was due to the storm. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So then the next day or that, you know, we go back to our, uh, our Airbnb and have a few drinks hanging out with, uh, Pa and his fiance. And then we all end up going to bed and it, it didn't snow from like two o'clock that day, mm-hmm. maybe some small flurries until more or less the next morning. But mm-hmm. Pa said he woke up at six o'clock and there was about an inch of snow on top of our cars. Okay. And then he went back to bed and we all woke up about eight o'clock and uh-huh. then there was like five inches of snow on top of our cars. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we're like, oh, we got to get going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we started driving out and we were heading up Highway 89 and we caught up to a semi mm-hmm. and then we went slow behind the semi and visibility was really poor. Mm-hmm. And where highway 89 and five meet was probably the highest elevation that we were at. Okay. And it just got more and more and more wide out as we got yeah. to the top. And at some point the semi pulled over, opened his door, hopped out of his rig mm-hmm. and then Pa went to pass him. Mm-hmm. And then the guy jumped back up in his rig and started driving again. So he's just now, checking something and I don't then know continued. What he yeah, yeah, I guess. Huh. And so now Pa is in front of it. So oh, Pa has a second behind. gen Tacoma yeah. pickup. And uh-huh. now I'm behind the semi. Uh-huh. And then we get up to the peak at the summit right at Highway uh, 5 and 89. And there's a semi stuck in the side on the opposite side of the road. And the semi in front of me stops. And then I hit my brakes and I don't stop. Oh, no. <laughs> and I start sliding. And I, in my mind, I was moving. Uh-huh. But because the tires were doing the ABS thing, mm-hmm. it f- stalled the engine. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> right? And so now I had no power steering. No, my ABS died. Uh-huh. Right? And nothing's happening. And then I eventually just let the clutch out, put it, leave it in first, and it kind of like skids itself to a little slow stop. And then uh-huh. I push the clutch in and start it back up once I realized it died. Mm-hmm. And then both of the guys that were in the trucks had hopped out at this point, but then they both looked at me probably because they're like, why is this dude starting <laughs> his truck right here? Uh-huh. And then I put it in first gear and I just idled past them. Okay. And I think they were trying to figure out if one semi could help the other semi get unstuck. Huh. Okay. When we went to pull on the freeway, it's a great thing that they put the reflectors on each side of the road Mm -hmm. because you did not know where the road was. (laughs) I mean, I think that we might've been going through the thickest part of snow right there, which Uh was probably over like 16 inches. Wow. And we're just plowing through it to get on the freeway. And then we were going 25 miles an hour ish Mm -hmm. through down the like the Mount Shasta range, Mm -hmm. which so to go from Shasta to Redding takes about an hour. Mm hmm. 
a normal circumstances. And it took us two and a half to three hours to get down the mountain. <laughs> uh-huh. And there was cars spun out right and left and mm-hmm. like CHP's officers all over the place. And mm-hmm. there was, I pulled up next to a, a tow truck pulling a semi up a hill because it didn't have the momentum to do it itself. <laughs> yep. and it was spinning out there at one point at which was very amazing. A squirrel ran across the road uh, and it ran uh, across the freeway, um, across or? the freeway. Okay. And it made it between in front of paw, but, and behind the semi, like it happened to thread the needle perfectly. Wow. It was insane. <laughs> yeah. And there was a lot of, a lot of people driving super fast, uh-huh. you know, and we were just putting along. Yeah. We were going like 25 for the most part and eventually getting up. Like when it started, as we were getting down in elevation, it started clearing a little bit mm-hmm. more, you know, we got up to about 40 miles an hour. Hmm. At one point, some guy just pulled in behind me and just followed, he, you he followed us for a long time <laughs> Yeah, until we were out of the snow. He mm-hmm. was following us. Wow. And yeah. So it was, there were like the road had been like plowed. You could mm-hmm. tell it had been plowed, but there was probably an inch of snow on the road. Mm-hmm. And then if you needed to pass anyone and go over, there was probably a, at least eight to 12 inches of yep. snow in, in the other it's lanes. Kind of single lane tracked. And then, yeah. yeah, you're kind of stuck once you're in there because you can't really get out at highway speeds. No. <laughs> or, or driving speed at all to get out over and create new tracks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And at some point when we were down, out of the snow, but sort of in the slush, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, when, at what speed can I turn off my four wheel drive? Yeah. You know? And so I had the assistant look in the book and in the Toyota manual, it says you can engage or disengage four wheel drive at any speed. Pretty much. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's so compared to, you not know, used to the, not, the chain driven for transfer cases. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, wow, that's fancy. <laughs> But that's funny. Yeah. So I, it says you don't need to push in the clutch. So I just let off the accelerator and turned it from four wheel drive to two wheel drive. And I saw it, heard the little click and then mm-hmm. saw the light go off and drove oh, away in two wheel drive. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It was nice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that was spoiled. It, it was that spoiled yeah. with 1990s technology right. or 1995 <laughs> technology. <laughs> no, well spoiled with the 2016 technology. Compared to my 1990 technology. Well, yeah, but the the shifting on the fly has been around since 96, 97. Yeah, sure. Maybe. <laughs> Late 90s. Not in my truck. Not yeah. in the crawler. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, but it was fun. I mean, it mm-hmm. was it was a little white knuckly. It was slippery. It was, you know, we were just driving down the road. And if you hit a little bit of a snow drift, your whole mm-hmm. truck goes wild. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was following Pa, Grant, you know, um, the assistant's stepdad. and. I think he stressed himself out more. At some point I, we got on the phone and I really wanted to say like, Hey, you want me to get ahead of yeah. you so you can just follow me? <laughs> yeah. You know, cause it, it is a lot easier just to follow. Mm-hmm. And, but I didn't ask and he didn't ever state that mm-hmm. he wanted it. I also assumed that, you know, he lived up in McLeod, mm-hmm. you know, he's from that area. And so he has a lot more snow driving experience than I yeah. have. But yeah, it all in all went well. We're all, we all got home safe. We all had a great time driving home in the snow was absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It was white out conditions. And then sometimes it was thin and you could see for a little while and it's just snow covered everything. Mm -hmm. 
And it, I, I don't know. I had a lot of fun driving home in the snow. I thought it was a blast. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, maybe we should leave. You know, maybe it'd be wise to just, you know, when it was like two o'clock on Sunday, I was like, you know, now's the time to leave. Yeah. Now's would be a great time for us to go. And it would have been, uh-huh. but it, you wouldn't what, have got the adventure. I wouldn't have had the adventure yeah. and I wouldn't have had the fun driving in the snow. Yeah. If I was by myself, there was a few people that were on the side of the road that I would have stopped and given a mm-hmm. hand to because I knew what was coming. Like I looked at the weather and I packed my Morphlate. I'd packed my <laughs> uh, compressor. I've packed my toe straps. Mm-hmm. You know, I packed, you know, the welder. I don't, yeah, I didn't have one of those, <laughs> but I packed, you know, a, a lot of snow recovery stuff mm-hmm. in case I got stuck or in case somebody around me got stuck. Yeah. And, and we were lucky to get through five while it was still open. Wow. Also, because yeah. they, they do close it and you have to drive the opposite way on hay, Highway 89 for a while. Mm-hmm. And then you turn and you do some road out towards Lassen. Mm-hmm. And then you turn another way and you go into Redding. Yeah. and But yeah, so we were lucky to get off of the mountain when we did. Yeah. Because they were closing the highway when we got down on the other side. They were just starting to close the highway when we got down to that point. Uh, yeah. You got lucky. There was... um. And I don't know if you've been following social media at all. No. But like, I don't want to say Sacramento, but up up the hill. So Highway 80 and 50 out of Sacramento up the Sierras has been a complete nightmare. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> because they shut down the highways, both of them, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. And then everybody just started trying to find routes around, around the closures. It. Yeah. And Google was sending people up and over Heartless. I heard, I saw somebody posted that. I I forgot who it was. John and Renee posted a comment on it. And so it popped up in my feed and I saw there was a picture of like a sheriff up there. Mm -hmm. Like it probably Wentworth Springs road, Wentworth Springs road, right out of Georgetown saying, this is not a route. You cannot get through this way. (laughs) No. Yeah. But yeah, I guess search and rescue had to be called to get six, seven vehicles worth of people out of heartless that had been routed up there from the GPS. Wow. <laughs> Which was amazing. Like, I'm like, wow. You I, would think that like GP uh, Google would have a way to uh, hook into Caltrans's system because you can look up all the closures on Caltrans. There's an app for Caltrans. You can look it all up. All the data is there. I don't know how Google hasn't tapped into that yet to well, stop giving people routes around closures. Right. Well, and look at Met, right? Yeah. Mormon yes. Immigrant Trail. Uh-huh. That. A lot of people try to take that route mm-hmm. to go from Highway 50, El Dorado Hills kind of area over to Highway 89, 88. 88 thank mm-hmm. you. But it's not, they close it. They don't plow it. Mm-hmm. They don't maintain mm-hmm. it. There's a, yep. even a section at the end of that that is closed to vehicles and yep. is just um, snowmobile or hiking areas. Yep. Snow play. It's a snow park. Snow yeah. park area. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, but Google, like Google still reroutes people to go that way to, yeah. to bypass it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. Google was sending people all over the place. And so all of the like uh, county sheriff's offices in the Sierras have been posting some hilarious stuff on Facebook of cars or trucks, like stuck in snow <laughs> yes. areas. Oh man. Yeah. Um, Truckee always has a great CHP. Oh, CHP Truckee's always Instagram has some is awesome, great. <laughs> some awesome posts, but Mono County just jumped into the ring here. I, oh it's, really? It's awesome. I'm going to read it here. So Mono County Sheriff, uh, today's Tuesday. So yesterday at 5:55 PM, they posted the roads are closed. All of them. There is no alternate route. 
back way or secret route. It's a blizzard, people. You cannot see your hand in front of your face right now, let alone a snow stake to guide your way. Stay home or wherever you are if you're not home. And then in parentheses. And if you're somewhere you should not be, you'll have to sort that out with your significant other. We told you to make good choices. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So there's there's been a lot of the sheriff's offices now that are like jumping onto this bandwagon of like, you guys stop being idiots out there. Yeah. (laughs) And they're getting more and more hilarious. Sassy. Sassy is a good way to put it. Yes. It's pretty funny. So if anybody's bored, go look up all the California County Sheriff's pages on Facebook and go read well, through yeah, some of their posts. Placer County, Truckee. Mm-hmm. You could probably look at uh, Mono County, yep. Eldorado, Eldorado County, County yep. <laughs> all those. And I'm sure Shasta County yeah. is, is in the mix of that. But I mean, it's just, yeah, this snowstorm that has been going through California and is supposedly for those that are outside of California, this storm is supposed to go across the nation and just wreck havoc everywhere. Oh, wow. Yeah. And true, that'll be finished. We, yeah, it's not very often that snow gets down into like a thousand feet range no. here at all. Mm-hmm. Like maybe other places in the country that's somewhat Four, normal. Four thousand is the average low, I think, in winter yeah, time here. That's a good. That's a good one. But because it's so low, they're getting snow in places like you said earlier in L.A. and in San Francisco <laughs> yeah. Yeah. on these peaks that are just next to the ocean. Yeah, it's insane. I remember one time when I was down in college in Monterey that the hills right there by Pacific Grove uh-huh. got snow on them and you can uh-huh. see them and everybody's like, is that a really low cloud? What is <laughs> that over on? there? Uh-huh. Like, no, that's snow. Yeah. What the hell? Why <laughs> yeah. is it snowing there? Yeah. So anyways, I've been having a blast with it. Oh, um, I'm sure. How's been NorCal four by four rescue? Oh, so freaking busy. It's yeah, it's busy. There's a lot of rescues. There's, we literally just have people going out, whenever they have spare time and just driving around like Pollock pines and Georgetown. And there's just, there's spin outs all over the place. There's people in ditches all over the place. Like there's not even, you can't even really like keep up with the help requests. You just have to go out and just start patrolling areas right now is what it's turned into. I saw one. It was like some person was said, I have a lowered car and I just can't make it to my house. Can somebody help me <laughs> yeah. get me to my house? Yeah. And they just are like leaving their car at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, That's pretty it's crazy. Wild. Um, It's pretty, yeah, it's an interesting time up here. This is right now. It's not quite to the point of where it was a few years ago when we got like seven feet of snow at, at 4,000 foot elevation, like three days. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, I went up with you that time. Uh-huh. That was a fun one. And then you got on the news like the next day. Yeah. yeah I true. remember that. Yeah. So that's not quite that bad yet. Like the snow plows, people are able to keep up with keeping their driveways cleared, but it's, it seems to be a lot more icy this time. Oh, And so it's mm-hmm. causing a lot more havoc with people that are able to get out and drive and get around and try and get over to the grocery store to get food and supplies. They're just, they're not able to make it because it's too icy. There's no way to get traction. Like there's uh, been a couple people now that have chains on and they still can't make it. Wow. It's crazy. (laughs) So, um, that's just how much cold, how cold and icy it is right now up here. So, um, and it's just, it's interesting because like California doesn't get super crazy weather like that. That's the reason why you live in California. So nobody's used to this. And like, meanwhile, everybody in like Massachusetts is like, 
we deal with this 18 times a year. Like right. <laughs> grow up. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Sure. It's fun for me. Um, I'm going to be getting together uh, a lot of, uh, the storm season this year kind of inspired Rubicon trail foundation to put together. How do you prepare for winter recreation out on the Rubicon? So we're going to put together, uh, I'm going to go up and shoot a video with uh, John Arns and Ken Hauer about, you know, what are things to consider when going out and playing in the snow? And so it'll be really fun to kind of get that out and put that up on uh, RTF's website and kind of get it out there for people. And it's just kind of a reminder that, you know, if you want to go play out in this, these weather systems, it's totally doable, but you need to be prepared. Oh, 100%. You need to be over-prepared. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's like, you know, what I was sort of just saying is I mm-hmm. knew I was going up in this situation and mm-hmm. I packed, you know, air down and air up options mm-hmm. and toe straps for when people, if people do get stuck, Yeah. you know, and we had food and water mm-hmm. and all of our camping supplies for the yeah. most part, because we were planning on camping in a house, <laughs> Yeah. but that didn't end up working. Yeah. But we, we were more than prepared. Yeah. You know, and we were doing the buddy system. Yeah. Buddy. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so man. I just looked at the weather uh-huh. while you were talking and we have until it's supposedly showers today, Tuesday, Wednesday is sunny. Thursday is partially cloudy. Friday is sunny and Sunday, Monday or Saturday, Sunday, and Monday are all raining. Nice. <laughs> Sweet. Which means more snow. Yep. Yeah, Which and I was I getting I was getting mind. I was getting worried that um our snow season was kind of done. Oh yeah. I thought that we were kind of done with it I after was January. Gonna, you know, that reminds me, I was gonna tell you about my apricot tree. Oh yeah. I was meant to ask because we were getting towards the end of January and I was like, it doesn't look like there's any more storm systems in the air. And I meant to ask you while we've been recording, mm-hmm. hey, what's your tree doing? Yeah. So <laughs> for those that have kept up with some of the Sangha. sagas. Uh My parents moved into my old house, Uh right? They cut down the apricot tree. (gasps) No. (laughs) (laughs) So I haven't been able to report on it because I don't have it anymore. That's hilarious. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to put a, like, Mm -hmm. um, a small barn or shed there. Okay. They couldn't relocate it like they did the other tree. Uh, It it never really produced fruit or anything. It would produce fruit. It was a great indicator of the seasons (laughs) that we could argue about. (laughs) But I can tell you by driving up Highway 99 all the way up into Chico and through Chico, everything is in bloom out there. So that's uh, all the trees are blooming around my house too. And I was like, Oh, it's, I guess winter's done yeah, and spring's coming and we're in spring now. And then this massive storm front came through and I was like, Oh, I guess we're not done with winter yet. No, (laughs) I saw a thing on the news where they were saying that almond prices are going to go skyrocket because Mm. it's prime season for the flowering of almond trees. And they're all and getting destroyed. They're now. all getting destroyed because of the weather mm-hmm. and no bees are going out because bees won't go out of their hive unless it's over 50 degrees uh-huh. and it hasn't been over 50 degrees. So no bees are out there pollinating uh, and all the rain and everything's killing mm-hmm. all the flowers. Oh geez. And so almonds are going to skyrocket in price. Uh, so I was like, too bad for Jake, but well, I was like, I already got my five exactly, pounds. I'm good. Exactly. I was like, I got five pounds sitting on my counter. I, I keep just, munching on each day. Uh, I just need to mush it into milk or something. Yeah. Oh man. That's funny. Um, you can use your, I wonder if you could change, um, morph your shop press into an almond press. Probably. If there's enough, if 20 I think tons you have to do grind it. it though. Uh, 
Well, I mean, I think you have to get grounds and then add water into it and then press it. Uh, and then mush it all together. Gotcha. And okay. that's my, that's how I think I would do it. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's actually how it's, it's done. Okay. <laughs> just <Fair. said> clarify. <laughs> okay. That's fair. I would have just taken an almond and put it in the press and then smushed it and see yeah. what happens. I don't know. I know <laughs> when I throw peanuts in my mouth and I chew for a very long time, I get peanut butter, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to make almond milk. Yeah. Uh, what, never mind. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going there. <laughs> More about peanuts. No, I was going to ask about donkey dongs. Oh. <laughs> Bring those back into the conversation. <laughs> if you chew the dong long enough, I don't know. <laughs> what does that turn into? <laughs> Anyways. Lorenzo. Um, I know. Um, let's see here. We, uh, right, so what did you do this weekend? We haven't talked about that because I know you went up to the snow. I did. So with, uh, me thinking that winter was over, I was, you know, I've been talking about, I'm going to take the rig out after King of the Hammers. Yeah. And it's going to be, I'm going to take it up to Ori and start the disassemble process, but I've been waiting for the shipment notification of our joints and coilovers oh. for the suspensions. Okay. And I got the shipping notification. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. And that's awesome. So that's one of the, the secrets I've been hiding and oh. I haven't been telling you. Okay. Nice. So I with, knew that mm-hmm. I knew that when we ordered everything that the, um, the shocks were the long tail. Mm-hmm. So we knew that ordering it, but mm-hmm. that's, I mean, it's only been a month. It wasn't really too bad. And actually the thing that held it up was the joints oh. from summit machining. Okay. Um, apparently she was just had a lot of orders yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, we got put in the queue and our order got fulfilled when it got fulfilled. But, uh, Brian has had the coilovers for a while and he's been building them. Oh, cool. Um, and so, uh, you're going to use your Bilstein coilovers. I am. But I'm using the rad flows that Brian is providing yeah. with the kits, with the the three link kits that he does. So he also tunes them. Yes, for he us. does. So he's had the coilovers. He's been working on tuning them. And once he heard from Summit Machining that they were going to be sending the joints and shipping them out on a certain day, then he pulled a set of the coilovers out and got them all set up and tuned and sent those as and well. sent those as well. So Sweet. both of those, those were the kind of the last parts of the puzzle for the suspensions to get shipped. Um, yeah. Those are officially shipped. I have tracking numbers. Um, I think they're going to be in early next week. I don't think we've even told the audience that we have received all of the oh, that's of right. the kit. <laughs> we have all the brackets because um, yeah. we haven't opened it yet. <laughs> it got jumbled around in the the warehouse move, but there it's up on a pallet right now. Yeah, up on the shelving, so we can take a look at those as well. Because I know that's one thing I have been wanting to really look at because. I've seen pictures of Brian's brackets and our good buddy of ours, Forerunner Dave, mm-hmm. um, just got done with his front three link yes. that he got from Brian, Four Wheel Underground, and uh, sending he's been sending pictures of that, and I'm like, oh yeah, it looks good, yeah, and it's it's looking like it's turning out to be really good too with the the clearances. He's not doing too much, have to do too much to make the clearances work, right. And, uh, and how much flex and articulation is getting out of it all. It's crazy. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, we have the brackets in, we've had them in for about three weeks, three and a half, four weeks, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so now we're officially about a week away from having all the joints and the coilovers. So I now need to get moving on the axles right. and finish up the axles. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit. So I thought that we were done with snow season. You were, yeah, sure. Turns out we're not. Nope. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to take the forwarder back out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I went up, I uh, had an opportunity, uh, reached out to us from uh, the Gold Hills Posse, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Olaf, 
who's president over there, uh, they go up and do a snow patrol yeah. on Mormon immigrant trail. And essentially what it is, is they set up near kind of the plow area where it starts getting difficult um, so that they can get as many cars coming through as possible. And they just kind of stop and say, Hey, you know, is this your first time up here? Um, they can stop the the minivans and just say, Hey, I don't think you really want to be up here. Right. <laughs> You're not getting over to Kirkwood from here. And so uh, just kind of monitor and uh, report feedback of how many cars come through back to the National Forest Service, El Dorado National Forest. And, um, What's and hand out a uh, motor vehicle use maps so that people know which roads are open right now under oh, cool. the snow with for over snow travel and um, where the cutoff is for the snow park. Smart. So that people in four by fours aren't going up and ruining all the snowmobile trails. Nice. Good. So um, that's kind of the job of the 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 snow patrol. And uh, what's really neat about it is uh, the Eldorado National Forest gets twenty six dollars per volunteer hour. Um, in grants from the OHV fund. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So with that, you know, if we have 10 people working, you know, five hours, that's 50 times 26, um, whatever that comes out to (laughs) (laughs) a good Um, chunk of money. It's a good chunk of money. And turns out, so from all of the volunteering that the gold Hills posse does just them alone throughout a year, um, pays for three Eldorado national forest rangers salaries. Dang. Yeah. For that's impressive. From OHV grants and funding. So uh, it's really cool what uh, they do, what Gold Hills Posse does for uh, Eldorado National Forest to helping keeping funding going into the OHV trails there. And so I went out and I was like, yeah, I got a free Saturday. <laughs> I should have a free day. That's amazing. Um, let's go out and I'll hang out with you guys and uh, we'll have a fun day. So they went out Friday night. Some of them did. Yeah. Okay. Some of them went out Friday night and did snow camping. And I was like, I just don't have the time. <laughs> right. There's other stuff I need to get done Friday. Okay. Um, and so I went out Saturday morning with the other group that was going to meet up with the Friday night group up on Mormon immigrant. And uh, it was interesting for the most part. The road was plowed, but it was plowed with a fresh three to four inches on yeah. the ground. Okay. Um, and so up to a certain point, and there's a, a a big main road that comes and tees into Mormon Immigrant Trail called North South Road, and um, North South Road is uh, in in heavier snow years it can be a difficult to get to North South Road because there's a big elevation change to get there, right? And so uh, we got to a point maybe half a mile from North South Road, and all of a sudden there was just a massive traffic backup. Okay. And there's people, you know, taking up both sides of the road. Everybody's heading one direction. Nobody's coming down the hill yet. Um, but there's people getting out and airing down. And I'm like, is there actually like a, a trouble up here or are people just airing down here? Right. And so uh, they're like, oh, looks difficult ahead. Let's mm-hmm, air down. Mm-hmm. Right. And so our group kind of pulled over to the side and aired down and then sat there for about 20 minutes later afterwards and nothing is moving up ahead and there's uh, 40 cars ahead of us. Okay. And so I'm like, what is, is it a Canadian standoff? No, no, it wasn't. There was actually some people were stuck. Okay. There was a couple of uh, stock Tacomas out there with no lockers or anything. And it was aired up, aired up and it was just icy. And after that little plow spot, all of a sudden it stopped being plowed. And now you've got four feet of fresh powder. (laughs) And so it went from ice rink 
to fresh powder. And as soon as those rigs, the stock rigs got in the fresh powder, they're just done immediately. Sure. Like there's no, like they're getting, you know, another mile or yeah. something like that. They're just done right at the plow line. And so I kind of would noticed what was going on up ahead. And then I drove around everybody. <laughs> I went out into the powder and drove around and created another track to get around all the traffic. So our group followed me sure. up to the top of all of that. And then we came down to kind of help out the people that were really stuck. <laughs> so we got up to the top, we hiked back down, helped hook up with some rigging, did some shoveling for people um, just to get traffic sort of moving again. And then we took off. So I don't know what happened for the rest of the day there. Um, but we got up to North South road and at North South road was like another jump up in difficulty, like immediate. It wasn't gradual at all. Oh yeah. So right when you hit North South road, there's another jump up in difficulty. And, um, so that's where we sat and just kind of hung out for the day and, uh, waited for people to get there. And apparently we, we went too far. Nobody <laughs> else like, showed up there. I think we saw 10 rigs the whole day. And I was like, I saw more people stopped back down at the air down spot than we saw all day up at North South road. Um, after well, we that's hung good out, though, now, you know, nobody's really getting into areas that they can't get that's to very be going into. <laughs> that's very true. We were <laughs> able to give that report back to Eldor national forest and say, Hey, yeah, it's a, nobody's not going where they shouldn't be. So that's yeah, good. They just can't get there. Yeah. So anyways, uh, we hung out there, had lunch and then headed back down the hill and on the way back down the hill, um, it was relatively clear to that spot again. And then at that spot, there was like 60 to 70 vehicles all backed up there. Yeah. And everybody. And this time with everybody there, everybody was pulled off to the sides of the road. And so the traffic coming down the hill had the, got to go down the middle of the road. However, the middle of the road was completely iced over. Sure. (laughs) And you would just hit it. You would turn on your brakes and the whole car would just slide the rest Uh of the way down the hill. So there was some people that were sliding down the hill completely out of control. There was some people that were kind of somewhat, they knew how to handle and would you know, let their tires turn a little bit to slow down, like gearing some down, then put on yeah. their brakes, start sliding and then let them turn again. Yeah. And so there was a couple of, uh, uh, bumper accidents, bumper hits where two vehicles would run into each other, but like at super slow speed. So nobody got okay. injured. No, there was no damages to vehicles really, but it was, it was entertaining to get down <laughs> through all of that. And, um, one of the guys on the trip had a Mercedes G wagon really on portals. Oh yeah. It was, it was pretty freaking cool. It was a G 55. It looked like the mid to late nineties version of it. Um, so it had the, the supercharged V eight in it and he was on forties and portals and it was, it was fun to get to look over that rig and, he moved out here recently from Colorado. So this was his second wheeling trip ever in California. And he was like a giddy schoolgirl. He was pulling <laughs> out everybody he could. Yeah. He was he romping he was on doing. the V8. Oh yeah. He was having a blast. He was a good wheeler too. So it was fun hanging out with him all day and kind of introducing him to the Sierra cement that we have up in the Sierras. Yeah. Okay. So, um, that was pretty much Saturday. Nothing really too exciting happened other than the the big traffic jams and trying to the entertaining the entertainment of watching the dumpster fires and the train wrecks, right? Right. So Yeah, um, I posted something up on I think it was on the snail armor Instagram page, like mm-hmm. a picture of the tailgate with snow on it. I said, Who went to the snow this weekend? And a guy named Jimmy Vang said oh, yeah. he was up on Met. Yep. And I was like, Oh, I bet that was crazy. <laughs> and he was like, it was a parking lot. Yeah. And I think he said he saw you. Yeah. Um, he was one of, there. 
He was with uh, two other guys that had full size blazers like the K fives. Oh, cool. And they were up at North South. Oh, they made it out there. Yeah. And he has a, I don't know if it was him or one of the guys he was with. They have a sound system in that K five. Oh, that was vibrating the mountainside. Wow. <laughs> with the bass in it. No, he, and he, we were just like, geez. Yeah. He drives the double cab Tacoma. Oh, okay. So it's a different Jimmy then that I met oh, okay. up there. Okay. So yeah. Anyways. Okay. But yeah, it would supposedly, yeah, it was a it was, cluster. It right was a there. cluster. It was all in that one spot. Yeah. All day long, apparently. So it was fun. Um, watching the train rack happen. I had gear oil in my rear locker line. So oh. my, my locker didn't want to engage. Lovely. <laughs> yep. And so I'm still not sure how to fix that issue from happening. Longer breather line. Longer breather. I don't know. I need to pull all the way up to the top of your antenna. <laughs> just <laughs> this yellow tube sticking up on the top of the antenna up there. That'd be funny. Um, so yeah, I need to, I need to figure out and just go through all the airlines again and pull the gear oil, let it drain out. No, and you then, don't. Well, I You're- do. <laughs> I do because um, I, I'm selling the axles. I already have a buyer for them. And since I'm going to be taking them all off and the suspension loose springs off, I'm just giving him everything. Sure. Um, and so I want to make sure that it's in full working condition and at least see if we can figure out why they're sucking gear oil into the airlines before I hand off the axles to him. So yeah, so I got to do that. And then Sunday was working on the electric parking brake. Yeah. I heard good news about that. Yep. So I got the wiring all figured out. Um, wiring is set pretty much. I didn't. So, um, I timed how long it takes to fully engage and fully disengage. It's like two seconds. Okay. So I'm not going to run a sensor on it to cut off power once it's fully engaged or cut off power once it's fully disengaged or have a light turn on or something when it's fully engaged or disengaged. I'm just going to time it. Right. So hold it down for two and a half, three seconds and it'll be fully engaged or disengaged. Um, but that, uh, the relay that we got, uh, that mm-hmm. I got, um, the a listener, uh, suggested to us on Facebook, the Facebook page, uh, works beautifully. Oh, cool. It's like 150 amp. I'm guessing it's supposed to be like a winch relay for like a, a, a UTV wrench or something like that. Um, but it's really neat. Um, it has, uh, two posts to trigger the relay and all it requires is a hotline. So 12 volt into either post. And it'll trigger the polarity to come off one way or the polarity to reverse off of the other posts. Interesting. And then it has a a 12 volt high amp load and ground to go to the battery. So it has your battery load that comes through and that's what the gate closes and switches polarity on. The 12 volt coming in from the switch is just a low amperage, one amp, half an amp, whatever it is, kick in order to trigger the gate to close. And so it can pull power off of the battery. Mm. It'll work great. It'll mean that the switch is not going to have a whole lot of amperage going through the switch. So it won't burn out the switch over time. And it makes the switch stupid simple too. You don't have to run grounds to the switch at all. Okay. You just run one load off of your battery or you can run it off of a hot wire under your dash somewhere and the, the, the fuse panel inside the cab you can find one of those that's always hot and plug a hot wire into there and then have two hots coming off to the posts on the relay. Sweet. Yeah. That sounds so much easier than spending $700 on a computer. Yes. Way, way easier. So I'm going to be sending back the wiring harness and computer to Willwood. I sent them a couple of emails the way they told me to, 
and I still haven't heard anything back from them. So I'm just kind of like, really? I'm, I'm done talking or trying to talk with you guys about this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we have a fix for the Willwood electric parking brakes. Cool. Well, that's good news. And then I spent the rest of the day trying to make a fucking template, a caliper template, yeah. the bracket for the caliper brackets for the parking brakes, because the mounting plate comes off the, the caliper at a weird angle and it creates a ton of leverage to the axle. And so I'm like, if they just rotated the mounting holes, would that be 45, 50 degrees yeah, so they're, that they're equidistant from the axle, you could create a bracket to the axle that's way stronger than one that's way out and it's creating a big leverage point off of the axle now, the way it's set up from them. And I'm like, who designed this? What is this mounting plate for? Like what? Yeah. Somebody designed it this way intentionally. What was their intention? Yeah, I know. I was trying to figure out how to explain how the bolt holes they're not parallel or I, I don't know, perpendicular to the axle. I don't no. know how you want to say that. Well, essentially the mounting holes, the way most brake brackets are set up, the mounting holes are equidistant from the axle. Correct. Okay. Yeah. From the center point to the axle to the first hole is equal to the center point of the axle to the second hole. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's almost twice as long. Yeah. To the second hole. And it's, it's farther out, like they're angled so that both holes almost line up towards the axle and one is yeah, close to almost the axle. in line with each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to explain it. And so I'm like, how do you create a caliper bracket for the it's way this weird. mounting plate is set up? I was like, what are they thinking? I, I couldn't figure it out. So I probably did 20 cardboard templates to try and figure out how to put it in there and, and create a bracket the correct way. And finally, I came down to something that I think is going to work, but I I'm it's going to require at least one to two gussets on it. Yeah. Just because well, of that leverage point off there. I'm like, I the don't benefit of, or the benefit of having the e-brake is that you're not using it to stop your vehicle. 100%. You're yeah. using it to hold your vehicle. Yes. So you're not, it's not done. It's going to have weight and leverage on it, but it's not going to have like stopping force, stopping leverage. force yes. leverage onto it. Right. So it doesn't yeah. need, a ton of strength in that bracket. It doesn't 100%. But I'm it still does just, need strength. Yes. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it can't be like aluminum foil. Yeah, exactly. But so that's, that's yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't need to be super structural, like a regular brake bracket, but it needs to be able to hold the vehicle. Exactly. And I'm, yeah. I'm concerned about it holding the vehicle, the way that leverage point set up. Yeah. It, so uh, I believe you when you, we were texting, but I really want to see, put it on um, mm -hmm. a disc brake and see it for myself. Like mm -hmm. I saw the photos you were posting and uh -huh. I get it, <laughs> but I, I just can't, it just seems so weird. Right. It's like, it is so far off from being lined up well on an axle. Yes. It's very bizarre. Yeah. Like I even tried like taking, okay, you can, I took the caliper apart to pull off that mounting plate and see if there was another way I could put the mounting plate back on the caliper so that it would arrange differently. No, it doesn't mm. <laughs> like this does. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And it took me a while to wrap my head around it before I was just like, I guess we just have to build a bracket according to this. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it, it was Maybe very it's frustrating. For, uh, yeah. Drive shafts. Maybe. <laughs> right. So anyways, that was, uh, the rear axle is almost done. I have a template that I'm as happy as I'm going to be with to make the brackets. 
Um, so all I really need left on the rear axle is uh, seals and then that PVC insert to hold the drive slug in place. Okay. And then the rear axle is going to be all set, ready to go. So my goal is, is to put in time this weekend on the rear axle, get that done. Um, at least to get the, the correct seals that I need ordered up, get the PVC uh, part for this drive slug and then finish up the brackets and get the brackets welded on for electric parking brakes. Um, and then the front axle, I need to cut the WMS on it. Okay. In order to cut the WMS on the front axle, I need to go get knuckles. Oh, so I'm going to make a trip over to Reed uh, racing tomorrow, Wednesday, Okay. which is yesterday. If you listen to the podcast and uh, pick up some super kingpins from them. Cool. Um, so that I can hopefully cut the WMS this weekend. And then once I have the WMS cut, then I can order the custom shafts. And then the idea and the goal will be hopefully the custom shafts will be in by the time Ori is done putting everything together. And then next week, since we have most of the parts in, I'm going to hand everything over to Ori, I think. Ooh. So yeah, that's exciting. Super exciting. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the update on suspension, axle, all that. I also have uh, another quick update. Okay. Um, we, will it be quick? I hope so. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, you know, Rovi Adobo forerunner. I not really. Okay. I, I know. Don't, I don't know if him. you've met him. I have never met him. Um, okay. So Rovi, uh, he has a really nice fifth gen forerunner and he just bought pretty much my Bronco. And not only did he buy pretty much my Bronco, but he posted it on Instagram. Okay. And so I uh, gave him a, fir- a virtual finger. I was like, I hate you. Never talk to me again, pretty much. <laughs> okay. And um, he ended up texting me the next day, two days later, whatever it was. And he goes, hey, my sales guy that sold me my Bronco has another one coming in. Oh. Yeah. Um, down Is at- it a hard top? Uh-huh. Really? Four-door hard top, Badlands Sasquatch package. No way. <laughs> With the mid-interior package. And literally, it is exactly what I ordered for my Bronco. To the except, color? Except it's metallic green instead of the cactus green that I ordered. Oh, okay. Which I like the metallic green better, but the wife likes the cactus green better. Got it. And it's going to be her car. Right. So... I called the sales guy and was like, Hey, what's going on with this Bronco? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, well, it goes, literally just, it literally just came off of the train and uh, it hasn't even arrived at our dealership yet. Um, but here's the window sticker for it. And um, I was like, cool. It's listed on your guys's website as $67,000. I was like, my order, my pre-order was 57,000. And this is pretty much exactly what's going on, what my order is. And so I was like, yeah, can I get the window sticker? And he, he gave it to me and that was the window sticker was 57 one. So they're doing a $10,000 market adjustment on it. Wow. And I'm like, God. So I explained to him what's going on. I was like, dude, I I've had this Bronco on order since March 11, 21. It's coming up on two years here in a, a week, a week and a half, whatever it is a week. And I'm like, I've been, I haven't gotten anything from Ford. I haven't gotten any of those like free gifts that they've been handing out to all the Bronco orders. And I was like, and I've been told now I'm pretty much not getting one and they're taking away the price protections. It's all kind of bullshit. And he goes, yeah, it's been really frustrating. I was like, is there any way that you would be willing to help me out with this Bronco? 
And he goes, tell you what, since you're a buddy of Rovi's and it's a referral coming in from somebody that I made a sale to, um, I'll only do $5,000 on their market adjustment. Okay. And so I'm like at $5,000, that puts me net, um, better than ordering a soft top and then buying a hard top right after market. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what are those? Those are like $7,000 yeah, to right. my door pretty much would yeah. be the, the, the aftermarket hard tops. So I was like, all right, so 5,000 is better than 7,000. I was yes. like, all right, I think we're going to move forward with this. Let me talk to the wife real quick and I'll get back to you. He goes, okay. I called the wife and the wife goes, well, don't we also have a $2,500 credit from Ford? Oh, and I was like, that's a good question. I mean, we do, but I don't know if it can, it says under certain stipulations have to apply to pick it. But one of the stipulations is if you pick any other vehicle that is on a dealer's lot, than what you ordered and you cancel okay. your order, they'll give you the 2,500 bucks. Yeah. So I asked, I called Earl back up and I was like, Hey Earl, how does this 2,500 bucks work? Is it like a, essentially a gift certificate from Ford to the dealer? And so you guys get it and it's just like cash to you. It's like a, a re- reimbursement, a refund from mm-hmm. Ford, right? On the sale. And he goes, yeah, pretty much. And I was like, okay, so are we anywhere in the realm of being able to use this if I cancel my order and buy your guys' Bronco? He goes, I'm not sure. Let me look into it. He goes, yep, we can do that. <laughs> okay. So now you're $2,500 above. $2,500 above market adjustment, uh, above uh, the sticker price. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's where it's going to land. Okay. And I'm getting the Bronco finally. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's in Richmond, California. Uh, once it gets delivered on the truck to Stockton, then um, it's all mine. It's just a matter of going down and picking it up. Nice. Yeah. So any idea when that's going to happen? I don't uh Hopefully this week, but my schedule is also packed this week. So yeah. um, it might be this weekend while I'm trying to bang out the rest of the axle stuff this weekend. True. So. I don't know yet when, when I will officially have it in my hands, in my possession. Um, but it should be soon. Oh, cool. So are we going to need to change the name of the podcast? Possibly <laughs> broken. What is it? Uh, uh, broken rack and pinion podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways. Um, well, that's good news. Yeah. Congratulations. I, I guess, I mean, it's been a long story of hearing how, Ford sucks, but you actually, after, you know, complaining about them, you're Mm -hmm. still going to buy a Ford. Yeah. Because we can't find anything else that the, that she wants. That's the big problem. And she's the boss. So (laughs) yeah. In this case. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll get it in. And, uh, that's, that's the, hopefully the Bronco saga is finally coming to an end after two years. Wow. So yeah. How much interest did Ford make off of all those hundred dollars? That's a great question. <laughs> like I would love to take, I don't even know what interest rate you'd go. Just the market interest rate um, off of however many pre-orders they had a hundred dollars and see how much interest they saved in getting yeah. a, a business loan rather than, or getting loans from other customers rather than a business loan. Yeah. So very interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sort of like a Kickstarter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> So anyways, um, that's all my updates. Cool. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's rad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Kermit's, Kermit's going to get built here soon and it might even work out in the time where I won't have to stop snow wheeling. <laughs> right. Cause I can go snow wheeling in the Bronco now. There <laughs> you go. While Kermit gets built. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I had plans to start ripping Bobcat apart mm-hmm. 
last week, but I didn't get to it. So this week I'm hoping, hopefully on Friday, I'll have a little bit of time. I wasn't really planning on being out of the, out of the area on Monday, mm-hmm. uh, but it just happened that way. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of a day behind on my life. Yeah. So hopefully Friday I rip out the power steering setup in Bobcat. Mm, okay. So that's, <laughs> that's my plan Nice. as of right now. So we'll see. Uh, I'm going to rip out the power steering, um, all of it and move, rotate the power steering box and push it as far forward as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. I also might, maybe, I'm going to drill a new hole for the hydraulic lines. Oh, okay. Because mine's in a bad spot for when you start pushing it forward. Uh, is it on the it, front of the it's box? It's on the front of the box instead of the yeah. side of the box. That's where my dad's is. And it rams into his um, the radiator mount. Okay. Right there. And it just, if it starts leaking or you have pressure on the radiator mount or something, it starts damaging that fitting and you have to take the whole steering box out in order to Mm -hmm. fix the fitting. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm probably going to be drilling another hole. Nice. In there. That'll work. Yeah. That'll be exciting. Mm -hmm. I'll plug the other one and Mm -hmm. drill another hole and run new lines and put a magnet on your uh, drill bit. Yeah. Uh, a couple of magnets on your drill bit and that'll make the I was, drill bit magnetic. I was thinking of, about how I might be able to air pressurize the power steering box. Oh, so when you break through, it blows all the it blows metal out. It blows it out. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've got an extra hole mm-hmm. that I'm not going to be using. I can mm-hmm. plug one and put an air fitting on the other one. Yeah. True. And, and just, and see if it'll hold PSI. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I had envisioned at first, <laughs> uh-huh. but yeah, I mean, maybe magnet mm-hmm. would work as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I've seen it done. Typically, mm-hmm. if you want to do it without completely disassembling and rebuilding the box. So yeah, it might not also be a bad idea to do that. I just don't know if I really have the time. Yeah. So another thing I have on my list, which I have no idea if I'm ever going to get to it before cruise Moab is actually fixing the headers on um, Clifford. Oh, they're still cracked. Oh, that still has an exhaust leak. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And I drove it to Moab the first year like that and Uh the second year like that. And now the third year coming up, I might just do it again. Mm. Or maybe this is one of those things that I just, I'm out of the time to do it. And I just take it to Dustin Smith and have him do it. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Well, um, yeah, decisions, decisions, stuff to do and, uh, timeframes are coming up. Yeah, so I know. I'm, I'm really hoping we can get Kermit done before Moab. Um, but it's going to be tight time frame, And I think it really, it's going to come down to the custom front shafts. If yeah. those can get made in time. That'll be interesting. And then I can so get my batteries. Should we relocated. sign up for like Bronco and Tacoma runs? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we might have to, <laughs> oh man, which would actually do really good out at Moab. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd um, want some more armor under. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. There's a, a lot of breakovers for you. Yeah. The long wheelbase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Um, that does it for all the updates and what we've been up to and, uh, the shenanigans and the fun times we had over the weekend and some updates on some, uh, longstanding sagas. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I guess if anybody had any questions or any feedback, if you had anything you want clarifications on, you can always email us Tyler or Jimmy at snail forks4.com. You can reach out to us on the grams, which is snail trail four by four and four by four Toyota Tyler. I'm waiting for the jokes to come about Ford Yoda Tyler. 
And uh, let's see how else. We have a phone number you can call us, 916-345-4744. We don't currently have any voicemails, and it makes me a little sad. So somebody needs to call in and leave us a voicemail. Yeah, he was crying before this podcast. I was, and that was more to the donkey dongs, but <laughs> <laughs> I was also a little sad that nobody wanted to talk to us. Um, so yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, Jimmy, final words for everybody. Snail Bronco 4x4 podcast. And with that, my friends, keep crawling. I got one for you. Okay. What side of the tree do most branches grow on? The outside? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Man, you're on a roll. That's like the two, two in a row? The, uh, no, oh. but it's two that you've gotten in the last 25 or so. Oh, I'm on a roll, man. It's what we do.